gorgeous listeners. Welcome back to another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Uh, I hope everybody's doing great. Alan, you want to say your thing? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Yay, we got it in. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're going to kick off things a little bit differently today. Um, we, In a previous episode, we talked a little bit about this kind of funny comparison between some of the rabbis of the Talmud and um, Captain America and mitzvahs as the shield that can either be wielded defensively or thrown that mighty mm-hmm. shield forward on the, on the offense. And I'm not totally sure which one this is, but I just love invoking that imagery. <laughs> um, we had a <laughs> we had a request actually from one of our listeners to um, include a a refuishalema, a a wish for complete healing and health as part of the episode and we're happy to oblige and i gotta tell you just the 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 community and the connectedness that's coming out of doing this podcast just like is so inspiring and helps move us forward so thank you for even thank you for asking (laughs) for us (laughs) to do this so um so our listeners the tradition of giving a refuah shalema is basically saying if someone is um, uh, unwell in body or in spirit, that you can you can wish that um, that the the divine will give them a hand in whatever they're in whatever they're struggling with, and you do that using their their Hebrew name and the name of their of their mother mm-hmm. is typically traditional. And so this listener, listener's Hebrew name is Shmuel Natan ben Avra Yakova, and so um, today's. Today's episode, today's learning is mm-hmm. in the name of uh, Shmuel Natan ben Avra Yakova, um, wishing him a, a refuah shalema in body and spirit. Yes, whatever and the, the mitzvah you. of our learning Torah right now should be in the merit of his uh, uh, physical health. Should, or whatever should, health. Should, should improve his physical health. Yes, things should get better. Should We're thinking it. about you. And amen. Amen, amen. And so... What are we going to talk about then, Alan? What are uh, we going to do to lift our listeners <laughs> <laughs> in body and spirit? Um, well, I have been planning this one for a while because it is the week of the uh, Parshas Nayach. Yeah. Um, and Noah. The story of Noah is Noah the and the Ark. Torah portion that Jews read all over. Yes, that the world joyful this children's week. story about God destroying the world. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, it's so mind-boggling it's to me how many children's books there are where they're like, "Oh, right. look at all the animals going to escape the impending doom!" <laughs> like it's really disturbing. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Um, <laughs> but where do we go from here? A, well, it is a sh- podcast about shading, so it's about to get even creepier. Ooh, um, let's do it. Right. And uh, I just, you know, we we last week was Parsha's Bereshis, and there was a lot of really good shading stuff in Bereshis, which it wouldn't have fit in one podcast episode anyway. So I hope to revisit that in uh, n- many other episodes, probably. Yes. Um, For those playing the drinking game, Alan has uh, mentioned yes. <laughs> referencing something in a subsequent episode. Right. But in the, the, the story of Bereshis Genesis has a lot of... Um, Stuff about Adam and Eve, and uh, and sort of what happens with them, and stuff, and also the cre- the initial so creation of Shadim. So much, story. yes, for another time. For another time. So what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about Noah and the but flood? But it's related. It's related because there's yeah. there's a um, there's you know yeah I don't know if you can hyperlink and podcast between this one and whatever whichever one you we're really do. Isn't this our 18th episode? Have you not figured this out yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Alan. We'll <laughs> hyperlink this. Go ahead. 
Uh, anyway, you're fun. Um, you're fun. Yeah, I love this. Thanks. Okay, continue. So, um, so Tyrus says in this week's parsha, Parsha's Noach, that Hashem tells Noach to take uh, two of every unclean animal. Everyone knows that, and seven of every kosher animal. Into mm. uh, sorry, at seven each of every kosher animal. Yeah, um, male and female into the ark. Right. Um, and uh, when Hashem says the thing about bringing the two, uh, two, two of each animal into the ark, He says the the pasuk is mikol achai, mikol basar, shnaim mikol, tavia elateva lachios itach zachar unakeva yu, which okay. means, and from every living thing, from every flesh, two, uh, from each, for two of each, you should bring into the ark. And um, and specifies male and female, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this week is my favorite Rashi in all of the corpus of Rashi. If you're familiar <gasps> with Rashi, it's okay. the entire. He, he, he it's 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 huge. It's uh, Rashi wrote lots of stuff. I'm not familiar with all of it, but of 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 that which I am familiar. Yeah. This is my favorite one. You want to hear my favorite Rashi? And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> It's from Kohelet from Ecclesiastes. Go for it. Where <laughs> the line is, um, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Uh-huh. And commenting on a time to be born, Rashi says, after nine months. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. What would we do without Rashi? Anyway. Okay. So what's your favorite Rashi? Right. I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> Rashi has issues, as did many people in that oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, so my favorite Rashi is this one. When it says, uh, when the Pasuk says, and from every living thing, mm-hmm. the entire Rashi is two words. Mm. You ready? Yeah. From every living thing, Mikolachai, Afilu Shadim. Afilu Shadim, even the, the demons. Shade. Right, there the were, shades. Right, there were two Shadim, at least, <gasps> on, the t- on the ark. How delightful. With, right. So, Sifse Chachamim. It's, it explains uh, no, it explains Rashi. There's lots of different commentaries on Rashi as well. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. The Pusik says, Umikola chai. Hashem, is, Hashem is telling Noyach um, from every living thing, Mikol Basar. That's, that's the, the way it's worded. Mikol Achai, Mikol Basar. Okay, from every, like, chai, every like living, life, th- every living, living thing. thing. And Basar is literally like, like flesh. flesh. Right. Or so meat si- in modern Hebrew. So Sifse Chachamim asks the question, what's bothering Rashi, right? That's the right. famous book set, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, so much. And, right. Yeah. So Rashi looks at this posting and says, wait a minute. It, it just said to bring every living thing. Mm-hmm. And then it says to bring every flesh. That must mean there's a difference between that which is living and that which is made flesh. Right. Which Shadim, as we learned previously, any listeners of our podcast may be familiar um, there are things which are living, which are not flesh. Mm-hmm. Shadim. And that's where Rashi got it. Right. Well, and it also comes out of that, you know, that sort of basic Torah interpretation precedent of just saying that, you know, there's no extra words. There's nothing superfluous. Oh, right. And so if you're if you're naming those things separately, there's got to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Hmm, fascinating. Let's take a break and then we'll continue. Okay, cool. So so this is fascinating that Rashi comes in and basically declares that 
you know, if, if Noah's being instructed to, to round up two of everything, that that included the Shadim. Yes. And um, I just wanted to mention real briefly that the wording, Mikola Chai, mm-hmm. Rashi was picking up on the word Chai because there are other ways to say right. living things in Hebrew. Right. And it's related directly to the story of the creation of the initial Shadim back in last week's Parsha of mm-hmm. Genesis um, when create when Shadim were created we know that they were created using we, we use the Hebrew of the creation of life mm-hmm. um, Chai is how we understand Shadim as well mm. even back then so mm. Mikola Chai is another so just like a lot of things that happen in the story of Noah it's like a re-Genesis mm. recreation story right, lots right. of times this is another example of that right right Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that, and we've talked about this before, sort of the context of Rashi's life and that, you know, Shadim were mm-hmm. more every day. And that was just part of part and parcel to the culture. Um, and so it's not entirely surprising that he brings them up, but, um, but the idea that it was somehow that it, w- it was as much a priority to bring that pair of living things <laughs> onto the ark mm. as it was to bring chickens and wombats and mosquitoes and whatever else <laughs> like um could have done without that one but um yeah and like that that in itself per, you know presents some interesting kind of opportunity for discussion i feel like you know um and we're assuming they're two right because they're not like kosher animals that you would slaughter Right. Oh, right. Correct. So there's yeah. so something that gets left out of the children's books is that it's not two two of every animal. It's, you know, two of the non kosher animals, like you mentioned before, and seven pairs of kosher right. animals because Noah's family got to eat, you know. Right. Right. And, and according to different places in the uh, according to other other texts, um, uh, it's understood that there are simply if you look around today, more kosher animals and by by count than there are unkosher animals. Um, oh, because of like factory farming or what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the, no, <laughs> um, no. I mean, and, and, and it's clearly not exactly true. I mean, we're not counting, uh, you know, sea life, for example. Sure. Um, uh, but maybe in terms of land animals, I don't know, actually, the, um, the number of, you know, turtles there are compared to the number of cows or something, you know. But right. Like, but uh, the rabbis seem to understand that as a result of Noah taking so many more mm-hmm. kosher animals onto the ark than non-kosher animals, we look around today and we see that there are more kosher animals in the world mm-hmm. than, there are, than there are not kosher. Animals. Yeah, just, I kind yeah. of feel like we can look further now than the rabbis could, but it's uh, but nonetheless. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's fascinating. So why do you think, like, why would why would Rashi go there? Why would he, you know, suggest that? And why does that matter? Like that there's that they're bringing shading him onto the ark. Well, I think your question is related to a question we asked in the last episode, right? With um, uh, Rabbi Chanina Mendoza mm-hmm. and all that happened. You know, he, he allowed for um, uh, Agras Basmachlas to right. be around two days a week, right? Right. Um, uh, you know, Noyak is allowing... The shading to be allowed around two days a week. I mean, not, <laughs> on the on the teva on the yeah. Arc. Well, which 
which is um, a bit of a different situation. Like, I mean, there's also there there's also kind of this magical aura around the around the Teva around the Ark, right? That you mm-hmm. know, there's all kinds of different animals that normally would you know eat each other, for instance, or right. not at all be compatible in in the same kind of environment. And the assumption is that something miraculous happened that let everybody kind of get along and Mm -hmm. you know deal with one another without febreze and whatever else and like you know just sort of make that environment work um and that included these you know these these beings who are just you know who are not like edible (laughs) they're not particularly useful (laughs) they tend to be troublemakers they tend to you know i mean extremely dangerous actually right right but they're they're prioritized so is a lion and so is uh Right, but they're prioritized on the ark, and they're they're brought into this this haven amidst you know intense just just destruction. I mean, the rebirth of the uh, of the uh-huh. world is a is it's like it's a violent event in a lot of ways, and they're they're given that same kind of shelter, and um and and protected so that they can come out on the other side. Okay, are you asking me a question? Or um, <laughs> I, obviously, <laughs> I mean, no, no. I, I think your point is great. I mean, I, I actually, I, I agree with that. I think that that's a, 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 a you know, an appropriate reading of the story. Right. And, and not only that, you know, what I said before is that Noach is allowing the Shadim onto the Ark. It's even more than that because Hashem has commanded him, right, to take two of every living creature, and Rashi understands this to being to be Shadim included. Mm-hmm. So in other words, according to Rashi's understanding, Hashem has commanded Noach to take the Shadim into the Ark, into this very shelter that you described. Right. This miraculous place where, you know, after um, the entire flood is over, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it all goes right back to, you know, to the way it was. Right. Um, but it's interesting also to note that uh, it may seem r- miraculous to us and and from our perspective in history that you know the the lions weren't going around chewing up the goats <laughs> and whatever right um the lion will lay down with the lamb but the lamb won't get much sleep Woody Allen as the joke goes <laughs> um, I'm sorry to have brought him up but <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah um um but um in fact that is how it was in other words the peace the, the state of peace right was how it was in the garden the garden of eden mm. which again we remember very easily because it was just last par- last week's Parsha. Right. Um, but it was actually, what, 10 generations before? 10, 10 generations before. before. Mm-hmm. But, and, and even, you know, even that is not that long, mm-hmm. um, you know, to think of it that way. There were animals in the garden. They were sentient. They could speak. Right. They were peaceful. They were, um, you know, uh, vegetarians. Like, right. you know. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Uh, that mm-hmm. that same that's in other words, Hashem sort of reinstated that state of being in the within the confines of the ark. Yeah. Well, I think so. I uh, I keep thinking about in um, for the listeners who don't know us from our our previous life. Um, Alan and I <laughs> are on extended what are you baby. About to say? <laughs> We are we're on extended baby hiatus, but we're also a band called Stereo Sinai. And we used to do these. Um, we used to teach every once in a while this um, uh, this uh, this course we called Bible Gum Pop, where we would look at 
um, biblical references in, in pop music and compare them to the biblical text. And I keep thinking about, we did something about Noah and we talked about this Elton John song oh, right. called Noah's Ark, where he compares, um, he talks about, he uses this imagery of Noah's Ark to um, to talk about a, a party and, and a, you know, basically mm-hmm. a a space, a safe haven for the LGBTQI community to come together for gay men to come together in particular to just to feel, to feel safe and to have that, um, you know, that refuge from the rest of the world that is, that is not frankly so nice to, you know, in, in so many ways to so many different kinds of people. And, um, it, 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 it just it, like that that imagery really, really st- stuck with me. And just um, I, I think about that in terms of in terms of our discussion today with like bringing in the shading because they play a role, because they are useful, because they need to be there for the rebirth of the world. And mm-hmm. in that in that enclosed kind of tardisy space, <laughs> like everything is OK and everybody gets along at least for a little while. Um, right. and this is a, a long winded connection, but I wanted to bring it back to our, our refuah shalema from the beginning mm. of the episode, because like that, that term refuah shalema, like the shalema part comes from shalom, right? Which is mm-hmm. from, from the same three letter Hebrew root, which is how a lot of Hebrew is built, um, grammatically, um, from the same root as shalom, which has to do with being complete and being whole and having that, having that sense of like peace and togetherness and refuge where everything fits together um and it's like this it's just this um you know aspirational state amidst all of the crazy Hmm. and when it seems like the whole world's falling apart yeah yeah all right fascinating thanks alan Okay, so we got kind of a cool listener question a little while ago um, from Mr. Butler Tron. Way to go. Continuing <laughs> to rock these handles. I love it. Um, who said, just caught up on this on my commute today. Love the abracadabra treatment of Shabriri, which we did a couple episodes ago. The uh, the demon that uh, hovers over the water and makes you blind and all this kind of good stuff. So I was thinking, abracadabra, hashtag, does it demon. Make it trend, folks. Make yeah. it trend. Um, love it. Thank you, Mr. Butlertron. Does Abracadabra Demon? So, Alan, I feel like we need to talk about Abracadabra first. Um, okay. The word itself. Right. So, Abracadabra. Uh, first, let me let me first start off by saying thank you very much, Mr. Butlertron. Yes. For the awesome question. Yes, you are fabulous and gorgeous. Um, and because uh, it is a it is a very good question. It is. Uh, I guess you could sort of say it's related but I'm gonna just jump in and I'm not gonna talk about the words right now I'm just gonna give you the answer the answer is I do not believe it demons um sorry gosh dang it does not demon um I uh, you know uh I will put a challenge out to any of our listeners to try and you know tell me otherwise yeah and tweet your answers with hashtag does it demon and make (laughs) it trend right we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna get up there guys it's gonna be great it's gonna be us and like Arby's okay with some kind of weird meat campaign. All right, I need to stop talking. Okay, so abracadabra. So, so abracadabra. There's an, I've seen a number of different sources for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, anything in Jewish history, tradition whatsoever. It's just a word that was made up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but some people look really, really hard for these things. <laughs> and um, and there's two you, possible. Why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> there are I'm t- just kidding. The Jew- the Jewish stuff just finds me. I don't even okay. have to look anymore. OK. Yeah. So what right. what do they see so in Abracadabra, Alan? There are two. Um, there are two sources I've seen for it in text one i'm not it doesn't really seem like anything the other one um seems like it might have a connection both sources are related to a goylem um, okay which we've talked about very briefly in a previous episode but a goylem is not a shade it's not anything to do with a shade right in a lot of ways um, it's an it's kind of the foil it's sort of the opposite of a shade in some ways the Right. Whereas a demon is can can in some respects be thought of as like a soul without a body. A golem is kind of a body without a soul. In a way, yes. Um, although it it should it is worth mentioning that I have seen a folk story actually um, with some authority to it, some authenticity to it, uh, that there was a golem that was created once using the soul, so to speak, of Yosef Sheda. Um, oh, awesome. Um, okay. So, um, so right. tabling it, that, it, it, in a, we will return to it. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, you know, on the uh, hey, that was that was a part of the drinking game for you. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two shots for that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Be careful driving home, everybody. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, yeah. So, so, so right. So a goylem is not necess- necessarily a shade related, although apparently it can be. Okay. But, um, but, uh, so the reason I just make that clarification is because back to our listener question, um, the first one I've seen is something, uh, in the, uh, in the texts, um, there is a, uh, an Amora, uh, somebody involved in the writing of the Gemara, uh, a, a rabbi involved in the, uh, named Rabba. And mm-hmm. Rabba was one of the people who created a goylem. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, we we learn from that in the text, it says in the Aramaic, Rabba bara gavra, which means mm-hmm. Rabba created a person, right? Yeah, okay. Um, meaning the goylem that he created. Okay. Um, so Rabba bara gavra apparently seems to sound something <laughs> like abracadabra. Okay. Um, I'm not sure I'd buy that. Another uh, way. Um, I would get it at half off. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, another term, actually, um, um, uh, again related to to creation of goylems, is um, evra kidvara. Yeah, this is the one that I know. Right, which means I will create as I speak. So, in other words, um, right. So, so just like we were saying before, that Hebrew is built on these three-letter root, typically three-letter roots, um, and. Looking at abracadabra, it looks like it has the root bara, which means create, like right. in the in the way that God creates. Like there's a difference between using the word that that God uses when God creates versus well, it's, a, when it's a level, it's a form of creation. It's a form of creation, right. yes. There's Ki, different kinds of creation, and so in the Hebrew. the ka in like abracadabra is means like mm-hmm. or as, and the the dabra part is sort of like deber, like like debor, like speech. Um, so right. and, and, and one of the most um, I create what I say um, n- more like um, I will like my speech will be the creation. In other words, like right. uh, one of the most important aspects of creating a goylem involves speaking various 
names and, and incantations and things. Indeed. And it, in fact, is the the ultimate step, the last step in creating a, 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 a goylem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some very interesting halakhic discussions about, you know, Shabbos and creating a goylem on Shabbos. If you've done <laughs> all the work of creating a goylem, except right. the last step, which is this, these speaking these words, right. can one, um, can one uh, say these words mm-hmm. once Shabbos has begun? Or is that creating on Shabbos? When, when in fact, what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're just speaking, which is, of course, permissible on mm-hmm. Shabbos. Right. Um, or like a woman giving birth is totally cool on Shabbos. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, that's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, uh, <laughs> conversation for con- another time. I mean, my, my gut is to say, like, you know, women giving birth, they don't necessarily have the ability to yeah baby's gonna come when baby yeah, wants exactly. to come totally right. totally yeah but <laughs> right but um <laughs> it is, yeah. as opposed to a goylem where you are in complete control of you know not right. saying these words for right. 25 hours you'll be okay right um right. theoretically although maybe not maybe you need the goylem right then i don't know but um but uh uh right so I- i've actually seen this in in relation to um you know, using smart speakers on Shabbos, right? You know, oh, uh-huh. can you say the 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 name, the word Alexa, for example, on Shabbos if there is right. an Amazon Echo on, in the on Shabbat on the when you're not when if you're observing in the sort of traditional Orthodox way that you don't use any electricity or turn things on, and but if it's a voice command, is there enough kind of separation between the action and the right. result? Hmm. Right. Okay. All right, so Abracadabra doesn't really have any particular connection to Shadim. It, it might have something to Just do with... Just a cool thing. It, all right, it might have something to do with Goylems, but again, Goylems are not by necessity related to Shadim at all. Yeah. So. All right. Okay, so linguists, historians, uh, get on it. Let <laughs> us know. And hashtag does a demon, Megatrend, folks. Um, thank you. Keep sending in your listener questions, and we will tackle them in an episode to come. Okay, everybody, we've come to the end of our time together. It always comes too quickly, but um, we'll leave you f- with a quick action item. Thinking about our, our Rafua Shlema from the beginning of the episode, thinking about the Ark. Um, as you go into this, uh, as you go into the coming week, whatever at whatever point you happen to be in it, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, your action item is to um, is to actively seek out your own your own teva, the place the the Ark that mm. gives you. Um, that feeling of wholeness and that feeling of being restored and sheltered and finding refuge from Regenesis. whatever regenesis. Yes. Lots of time lordy kind of references coming in here. But, <laughs> oh, regen. Oh, also Torah. Yeah. So great. Um, <laughs> not just Doctor Who. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, sometimes it feels a little crazy on the outside. So um, encouraging everybody to find your arc and um enjoy it and know that you know find that place where you and the lion and the lamb and the shade can all hang out and um and the waters will recede and the waters will recede amen all right thanks everybody this has been throwing shade better living through jewish demonology we will catch you all next time